It's cold outside, so take a break and find a spot on a frozen lake to drill a hole and drop a line and fish for love that's real divine. One look, you're saying, holy mackerel, and now you're caught, hook, line, and tackle. But love's not always nice and sunny. Your walleyes wander, and that ain't funny. So set your drag, it might get choppy, especially if your love life's kinda crappie. We'll boost up your morale a bit. Listen up, just for the halibut. The northern pike is freshly cooked, so hang on tight, it's time for Hooked. Well, welcome everybody to all of our campuses meeting throughout the Twin Cities today. So glad you could make it to church on a crisp day. Also want to welcome those of you who are watching online around the country and world. We're glad that you join us. We know that this is your connection to us and us to you. So wherever you might be, always welcome to you as well. I've got some great news for everybody. The days are getting longer. There, there's hope. There's hope. Spring is coming, so hang in there. At least that's what I tell myself. But I am so glad you're all here today and watching online because we begin a four-part series called Hooked because for the most part, life involves people. People are the greatest source of joy in life. People are also the greatest source of pain. If your relationships are good, that leads to a lot of joy. If your relationships are not good, that leads to a lot of pain. But gang, life involves people, and it's how God set it up. In fact, in Genesis chapter 2, God said, look, it is not good. It is not good for man, for women, to be alone. Everything else God created in Genesis chapter, everything else he said, this is good, this is good, this is very good. But one thing he said was not good. It is not good for people to be alone and without relationships. I just want to ask, anybody here feel like you're alone? Our greatest fear, my greatest fear is that we would be alone at school or church or work or in life. God made us for relationships and when relationships are missing, life is really, really hard. And you know, nobody had to tell us about being attracted to the opposite sex. I mean, ever since Diane Brown rode her little stingray bike past my driveway in fourth grade, I knew, I knew right away that girls were amazing. They were amazing. I wondered if I would ever have, be able to talk to one. In fact, a while back, they asked some kids about dating and marriage. I, have, I just want to show you what the, these kids responded. First question they asked these kids, what do people do on a date, Martin, age 10? On the first date, they just tell each other lies. It's just <laughs> no truth whatsoever. Julie, age 8, says dates are for having fun. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. <laughs> Next question they ask, how do you decide who to marry, Stephen, age 9? Nobody really knows. God decides it all beforehand and you get to find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> Next question, is it better to be single or married, Anna, age nine? It's better for girls to be single, but not for boys. Boys need someone to clean up after them. Boy, is that true. <laughs> when is it okay to kiss somebody? Kristen, age seven. When they're rich. <laughs> Smart girl. So don't, don't kiss just anybody. 
How do you make love last? Jack, age nine. Tell your wife she looks pretty even if she looks like a truck. I mean, come on, Jack. I don't know if that's good advice or not. I don't know if I'd try that. Final question, what are some surefire ways to make someone fall in love with you? Camille, age eight. Shake your hips and hope for the best. I'm just quite concerned about Camille here. I'm, I'm glad I'm not her dad. That'd be, she's trouble. Today's message is called Catch and Release, and I'm talking mainly about dating because there are certain fish you would definitely want to catch. There are certain fish you would definitely want to cut your line and run. But gang, this is for everybody, because if you have kids or grandkids, they need your advice in all matters in life. If your son or daughter comes to you and says, Mom or Dad, how do you know if so-and-so's the right one? If your answer is, you'll just know. You will have failed to equip your son or daughter to choose well. And about 40% of you are single adults, and maybe you would like to be in a relationship, but for whatever reason, it hasn't happened yet. You know, maybe it's because you're super cautious due to some past relationship failure, or you, you may have some blind spots in your own life that tend to push people away, or maybe, maybe you just want to be single. I mean, that's perfectly fine. Others of you are like, I just want to find somebody who's normal. Is that too much to ask? Just normal. But most people today, I'm telling you, most people today have never seen a normal, healthy relationship because it was never modeled to them. Most people today grew up in a setting of disrespect and yelling and lying and rejection. And so they're not even equipped to be in a relationship. But they dive blindly into relationships anyway without taking a look at this stuff. And often what you end up with is a pattern of fighting and blaming and divorcing with kids caught in the crossfire. Truth is, gang, anybody can fall in love. All you need is a pulse. Anybody can fall in love. But it's very difficult, very difficult to stay in love. Today, there are 15,000 online organizations that want to find you the perfect match online profile. 15,000 organizations. But did you know not everything you read online is true? Is that, a, is that a revelation to you? Not everything is true. Some people stretch the truth online. And so speaker Tommy Nelson was having a little fun with this, and I'm just quoting now, okay? I'm just quoting him. He says, if a woman online says, I'm 40-ish, that means she's 49 and a half, okay? If a guy says he's 40-ish, that means he's 52, looking for a 25-year-old. Ladies run, telling you. If a guy says he's huggable, that means he's carrying a few extra pounds and has more body hair than Bigfoot. If a woman says she's huggable, well, she's huggable. Still quoting now, okay? Give me a break. If a guy says I'm laid back and very close to my family, it means he lives at home with his mom and hopes you have a very good job. If a woman says I'm bubbly and fun, it means she never shuts up, ever. <laughs> Be aware. And if a guy says I'm average looking, it means he fell from the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. I'm just having fun, all right? Just <laughs> cut me some slack. But all jokes aside, 
All jokes aside, I want to give you my best shot. If I were your dad and you were my daughter or son, I want to give you my best shot at what to look for in a dating relationship. This is based on 37 years of marriage to my high school sweetheart. Not all those years were great. We struggled, but we're still in love 37 years later, a lifetime of reading. My bookshelves sag with books on relationships and dating and marriage. I've read book after book on this topic. I've counseled dozens of people who are struggling in their marriage, and we've raised two adult kids who dated well, and they married so very well. But before I dive in, the series is called Hooked. So I wrote down a few thoughts. I thought, you know, what, are, what is fishing and dating? Where do they cross? Where, where are they alike? Just a couple of thoughts here. If you're dating and you want to catch a good walleye, okay, you have to fish where walleyes live. You can't catch a walleye in a sucker hole. Only suckers live in sucker holes. You gotta fish, you gotta date where good fish are located. Number two, sometimes you have to make a thousand casts before the right fish comes along. My dad used to say, I'd get bored fishing with my dad on Mille Lacs, just oh, all day long. And I'd reel up and put my line in, and he would say, Bob, the only way you're gonna catch a fish is to keep your line in the water. Duh. <laughs> of course. It simply means keep casting. If you're in the dating phrase, don't give up. Third thing about fishing, sometimes, you know, fishing is just lucky. It's just lucky. You can be in the same boat with another person, and they're catching all the fish, same spot, and you're catching nothing, and it's just luck. Sometimes dating is just lucky. Fourth, the biggest and best fish are usually the hardest ones to catch, but usually it's worth the effort. And finally, to catch a good walleye. You gotta go to the right spots, use the right bait, and you gotta understand that walleyes are very moody <laughs> and hard to catch. But once you get a walleye, I'm telling you, you will never fish for suckers again, okay? What I wanna do today is give you two non-negotiables when it comes to dating. And this is for single adults. If you've been divorced or you haven't been married yet, this is for you. If you're a parent, you ought to talk to your children about this. If you're a teenager, 20-something, two non-negotiables. Number one, here we go. Faith in Christ. Does this person I'm interested have faith in Christ? Deal breaker. Do not, the Bible says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Can light have anything in common with darkness? What do you have in common with this person if you don't have faith in Christ? If you don't have the Bible in common, what do you have? The phrase yoked together means if you have two animals and they're yoked together, that they're going in the same direction, spiritually speaking, whatever, they're going in the same direction, and they don't, they don't go off in different directions. Now, sometimes Christian singles chafe at this teaching because, you know, it says, this, Bob, this is restrictive. So let me qualify this if you're listening. If the person you're interested in is not a believer, but they're open to faith, 
then lead them along. Ask them to come to church with you. Ask them to read the book of Proverbs or the Gospel of John with you one chapter at a time and discuss it together. Meet with a pastor to have him or her talk to you about matters of faith. And if the person you're interested in starts moving toward God and moving toward being open to accepting Christ through faith, then maybe you continue the relationship. But be very careful because your emotions start going. And if that person has not made a commitment to Christ, I would be very, I would not continue to pursue that. And don't hope that he or she will come around after marriage because usually that doesn't happen. What's more common is you tend to drift further and further apart and this issue of faith becomes a constant source of conflict. Now, if you have no interest in God or faith whatsoever, look for somebody else who shares that. Same sentiment. If neither of you give a rip about God, then you might be going in the same direction and it might work. Okay, you have other issues to look at, but it might work. But nothing, gang, nothing forms a person's values or drives their behavior more than what they believe about God because if you're going in the same direction spiritually, you, you immediately have the same values about going to church together every week in worship, about being honest, about what forgiveness means, because you gotta be forgiving each other all the time in marriage, all the time. You have the same values about sexual purity and what the Bible teaches about that and how to raise your children if you have them. You have got to be on the same page in all of these matters. Paul says, the Bible says, if you follow Christ, don't team up with someone who's going in the opposite direction. One woman wrote and said this. She said, Bob, I put my kids in bed every night, and while I pray with them, my husband walks by and just mocks. Every day, I live with the heartache of living with someone who's not a believer, and I feel so alone. I mean, you think of the dissonance in that home. You know, what happens when those kids get into middle school and high school and the dad just laughs at their faith? Man, I hear this all the time from people who are engaged or married to someone who doesn't believe in God, and I'm telling you, gang, it is their greatest heartache in life. So it's your call. You have one life to live. You can either build your life with someone who loves God and follows his word or with someone who could just care less. Now, for my wife and me, Laurie and me, the times, I'm telling you, the times we feel closest to each other is when we're standing in worship with Megan Nellie, my daughter and her husband, and my son David and Sarah beside us, and we are so overwhelmed with gratitude, my wife and I, we can hardly sing. I'm telling you, what binds us together as a family, more than the Vikings, Oh, you know, more than the Vikings, more than the Timberwolves, more than golfer guns, and that's really important, is our faith in Christ. I mean, when we worship together, pray together, and know that Jesus is at the center of our lives, it does not get any better than that. I'm telling you, don't marry someone, don't date somebody who's going in the opposite direction in their faith. Second one is character. What I'm saying here is, what is this person really like? What are you really like? 
Character goes beyond faith. I want to just lift up five aspects of character that are just deal breakers for me. Number, the first one is honesty. Is this person honest? Can I trust them? When their cell phone pings with an incoming text, do I worry about that? Is there a question mark there? Or can I trust them implicitly? If you date somebody who's dishonest, they will hurt you repeatedly. And you'll never feel secure. Okay. Second one is humility. A person who is humble is strong. They're so strong, they don't have to toot their own horn. They're so strong and centered. They're so solid. They're not arrogant. Someone who's arrogant is weak in their character. They're trying to hide a weakness. Third one is hardworking. Does this person work hard? Is this person lazy? Do they feel entitled? If they do, man, run. That person will be a drag on your life. You do not want to date a slug. Money. How does this person handle money? This is a huge issue. Money is the number one cause of conflict and uh, fighting in marriages. So how does this person handle money? Are they frugal? Do they save? Do they work hard? Do they earn? Do they, you know, put money away for the future? Or do they just spend like crazy and get into debt? Final one is sex. Does this person that you're dating and interested in, does this person hold the same value, the biblical standard of saving sex for marriage? Or are they all over the map on this? Um, sexual, I'm just telling you, gang, sexual misconduct is a sign of very low character. It's a sign of poor judgment and a foolish disregard for God's design for sex. A lot of people listening to these words I know have fallen in this area. There's forgiveness available to you. But if you're dating someone, this is a huge issue. And what you have to decide, nobody's perfect, what you have to decide is that is what level of imperfection am I willing to live with? You know, can you overlook some of the weaknesses in this person's character or are there some deal breakers? I want to show you a couple of machinery pieces. Maybe you'll remember it this way. We used to have an old lawnmower, not a Honda. We'd never be able to buy a nice Honda. <laughs> but we had an old Briggs and Stratton that we bought, bought from Home Depot. We used it for several years. But the flaws in that mower were too great. You know, I could handle the broken handlebar and the broken wheels, but then it started stalling on hills, and I couldn't start it. And so the flaws in that mower became too great. When it comes to dating, you have to ask yourself this question. How many character de deficits can I tolerate in this person? And do I want to be the one to fix those deficits? Or would trying to fix this person require way too much frustration? Maybe you can handle the person's lack of discipline. But if you throw in a, a mean spirit or dishonesty, I'm telling you the flaws in that mower are too great. It's a deal breaker for me. Okay. Next piece of machinery is a, a snowblower. Ancient. We used to have one like this. But the deal with our snowblower was it had a lot of flaws. It leaked oil. I had to wire the trans, uh, the something in it to make it go. <laughs> I can't remember. 
It just it was it had problems, but it worked well enough. It worked well enough. It was far better than using a shovel. So I stayed with the relationship. Okay. What you have to ask yourself when you're dating is, you know, nobody's perfect. But does this person have enough positive qualities to give it a try? If the person's a little too chatty or loud, maybe you can live with that. But if they've been divorced three times and drink like a fish, you might want to think twice. Okay? Our snowblower had a lot of flaws, but they were not fatal flaws. So I stayed with the relationship. This third more is uh, brand new, out of the box, and I was so excited for my wife to use it <laughs> a few summers ago. This, one, this one's not actually ours. She would never, we would never buy a self-propelled. <laughs> she, like, she doesn't want one. She wants to push it on her own because she just does. <laughs> so I brought her this brand new mower, and it looked great on the outside. It's a true story. But there was a hidden flaw that gave us constant trouble. Brought it into the shop numerous times. It was a lemon. It looked good on the outside, but had a deep flaw on the inside. So here's the deal. When it comes to dating, what you see on the outside can be very deceiving. And sometimes there's a hidden flaw that doesn't surface until years later. And I'm telling you, it can ruin a marriage. Which is why which is why you should date someone for at least, at least a year before you go further in engagement and get counseling, premarital counseling. We all have issues. Try to figure what they are. Study shows there's a direct correlation between long courtships and good marriages and short courtships and failed marriages. There are exceptions to the rule. I get it. But the odds for success go way up, way up when you know this person inside and out. You know everything about them, okay? Let me give you a hint about judging somebody's character. How do I know what this person's really like? Here, this, this, is, this is worth the price of admission today, okay? Here it is. A person's past, I hope you get this. A person's past is the best predictor of their future. If you're wondering what kind of character this person has, just look at their past. Look at their track record. An honest single person will most likely be an honest married person. You know, a generous and kind single person will be a generous and kind married person. But gang, the opposite is also true. An unhappy single person will be an unhappy married person. A lot of singles think, if I could just meet the right person, I would be so happy. No, you won't. <laughs> Marriage does not make you happy. You got to bring happiness to it. Happiness comes, it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> Marriage is great. What I'm saying is happiness comes from somewhere, someplace else. It comes from who your relationship with God is in a sense of self with him. Somebody else cannot make you happy. 
If you're an unhappy single person, you're gonna be an unhappy married person. A hot-tempered single person is gonna be a hot-tempered married person. Gang, if the person you're dating or interested in is angry, self-centered, sexually immoral before marriage, what makes you think they're gonna be different after marriage? They're not. Because a person's past is the best predictor of their future. And what you have to ask yourself, is this person's character flaws something I can live with? Or is it a deal breaker? Because marriage does not eliminate bad habits. Marriage tends to raise those bad habits and accentuate them. So if the person you're dating has a bad habit now, it's likely to get worse in marriage. I've told women, women will come to me, Bob, how about this person? I've said, look, if he refuses to come to church, if he flirts with other women, if he has an addiction, those would be deal breakers for me. And some women say, but Bob, we have a song. Oh, we have a song. We have chemistry. Oh, baby. Yeah, but if you ignore the deal breakers, you're going to regret it. But Bob, can't people change? Yeah, they can change. I've seen God change people in miraculous ways, but here's the thing. You cannot change someone. Only God can change someone when they get serious about changing the bad behaviors in their life. You can't change them. They've got to deal with their issues before. They become dating and marriage material. If you want to catch walleyes instead of suckers, pay attention to their faith and their character. Now, a couple fishing tips real quick here. Number one, first one is this. you got to trust in God's timing. The you know, Bible says, I, I trust in you, O oh God. You are my God. My times, it means my life. I'm trusting you with my life. My times, God, are in your hands. God made us for relationships, but we have to trust him. We have to let God lead us. Sometimes there's a time delay with God because God maybe wants to teach you something, change in something in you. Maybe he wants to heal you of something before you get into a relationship. Maybe God's got a partner picked out for you, but that person needs time to mature, and God understands that. Gang, there's a God factor at play for those who trust him. And it's easy to get impatient when you feel alone. I get it. A few years back, I, I, I made plans to fly into Canada on a fishing trip with a good friend, Paul Brueggemann. But the day we were supposed to take off was really stormy that day. And he's got a float plane we were supposed to take off the lake. And he was watching the radar, and I was just getting antsy. I wanted to get going. Let's go, Paul, let's go. And I said, we'll be fine. I trust your flying skills. Finally, he turned to me and said, look, Bob, we pilots have a saying. He said, it's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than in the air wishing you were on the ground. So true. I've never forgotten that. And what I sometimes say to singles who are just antsy to get married and get into a relationship, tempted to throw caution to the wind, is I say, wait, wait, it is way better to be single wishing you were married than being married and wishing to God 
I was single. There's only one thing worse than being unhappily single. And that's being unhappily married. Gang, your times are in God's hands. You can trust him. He loves you. He knows you by name. Ask him to lead you. And he will. That's the first tip. Second tip is this. Become the right person. This is so key. Become the right person, uh, not only for dating, but for every relationship you have. Work on becoming the right person instead of finding the right person. People think, I just found the right person. When my wife and I got married, I thought every wife prepared huge Sunday meals after church. Standard. Because my mom did. I thought every wife made two roasts, three salads, mashed potatoes, gravy, homemade pie every Sunday for dinner after church while the men basically did nothing. Standard. And when that didn't happen on our first Sunday after we were married, that was the cause of our first major fight. We came home from church. I was expecting roast beef, mashed potatoes, the works. And when Laurie pulled out a box of macaroni and cheese, that's what I did. I was like, I said, where's the roast beef and mashed potatoes? She said, we were at church. Who do you think was at home preparing that stuff? I said, well, I don't know. But my mom always did it. And that was, the, that was our first major blowout. From there it went to your parents did this and your parents, and why are you so stupid? I mean, we'd been married like three weeks. And gang, what I found out was I was the problem. Took me about 10 years to figure that out. (laughs) I was the problem. I had to become a different person than I was. I thought I was right about everything. Guys, you always right. You can either be right or have a relationship. You can't have both. Okay? Our relationship would never be healthy unless I became aware of my deficits and worked on my deficits. Now, I want to be gentle here. If you find yourself alone, without many friends or any prospects. Why is that? Or if all you attract are suckers and carp, why is that? And are you willing to change some things to become the kind of person that walleyes want to date? Work on becoming the right person. So, if you're self-centered and judgmental, what are some steps that you can take to change that? 
If you're angry a lot, that's your issue. That's not your family's, that's your issue. What are some steps you can take to reduce that? If you're not generous, if you're not working, not in shape, or not sober, what are some steps that you can take to change those things? Work work on becoming the right person so that other good people would want to be in your life. Okay? Third tip and we're done. Get involved in your church. Now, if you're single and wondering where to meet other Christian singles, I'm telling you the best way is to serve in your church. If all 40% of the singles in this church started serving together, you'd begin meeting each other. Because when you get moving in the same direction, good things happen. My nephew, Nate Merritt, met his wife, Jenny, when they were small group leaders in our student ministries. Now they have three kids. They live in Dallas. Worship leader Dave Holvig here met his wife, Rachel, while she was serving in one of our cafes, and now they have four kids. It's like, oh, what happened? (laughs) Ten years ago, Kristen Sanford had this look of, I wish I could meet somebody. Two years later, she met Brett while she was serving with the young adults. And now they have two kids. Jen and Steve McKay met while they were sitting alone, while she was sitting alone after serving in Cadodio in our kids program. Now they have two kids, expecting a third. Tony and Gina Taylor met four years ago while volunteering at our spring student retreat, and two years later, Noella Grace was born. Jason and Carrie Ann Langfeld met five years ago as small group. Coaches, Carrie Ann said this, it's so true. When I shifted my focus from finding the right person to becoming the right person, it made all the difference and God led us to each other. Their son Noah is now two and a half. What's the theme here? Well, the theme is start serving at church and before you know it, you'll be getting married and having babies. That's... (laughs) I really care about you. I really do. I care. If you're a teenager and struggling, I really, I have a big heart for you. I care if you're a single adult in your 20s and you're wondering what's next. I care deeply about you. I care if you're an older single adult and it just hasn't happened. I care if you've been divorced and you're wondering is there anybody? What you need to know more than that is God cares. He really does. Trust him. Pray. Wait on him. Trust God. Become the right person. Start fishing in the right places, and you might just catch a keeper. And that's going to be next week's topic, Keeper, the Ingredients of a Great Marriage. It's going to be a fantastic weekend at all campuses that stand for closing prayer. Be on our way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love and forgiveness in our lives. We all need it. We all have made mistakes. Some of us have made colossal mistakes. 
and there's a wound that's open and we just kind of walk through life hurting and relationships have a lot to do with it a lot of us have made really bad mistakes God a lot of us have had mistakes done to us and it wasn't our fault but Lord you are the God of healing and you are the God of grace and we trust you And so I pray for every person here, single or married, that we will trust you. That all of us, not just singles, but all of us will work on becoming the right person. And that, God, we will trust you in all matters, in life and faith. We love you. Lead us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.